Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. Today, we are going to take a look at Daniel chapter 9, but we're going to give a double perspective to it or a depth of perspective by combining Daniel chapter 9 with Jeremiah 29. And I'm entitling this episode, Cotton Candy Prophets. And Daniel chapter 9 in verse 2, it says, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years which, according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So this is Jeremiah's prophecy of 70 years, and Daniel is saying, okay, there's been a big shift now. The Babylonian empire has captured destroyed and deported Jews from Jerusalem and Israel back to Babylon. Daniel and his compatriots are captives in Babylon, serving the world emperor at the time. And now in Daniel chapter 9, there's a shift. There's a huge shift in empires. This is now the second world empire has come on the scene, defeating the Babylonian empire. And Daniel's mind properly is turning, is turning because he sees events in the world happening that are causing him to ponder. And when his mind turns, he turns to the right place. He turns to scripture. And where he turned was Jeremiah chapter 29. So if you want to get inside, so to speak, Daniel's mind, and Daniel 9 is another very important chapter. There's some critical things that we're going to look at later in the chapter, but today we want to just expand a little bit this compressed verse by combining Jeremiah 29 with Daniel 9. Now, Jeremiah 29, verse 10 is the key verse that speaks of the 70 years. Jeremiah 29, 10 says, For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. And so this is the promise of restoration. Now, why 70 years? We go back to the law. The law in Leviticus chapter 26 and starting in verse 33, God says, I'm going to scatter you to the nations if you don't allow the land to have its Sabbaths. You see, there was one day in seven to rest and worship God, but there was also one year in seven, a Sabbath rest for the land. And Israel, through greed and faithlessness, didn't observe the Sabbath. You might say they were kind of like our 24-7-365 economy. And when you keep going like that, something gives. And God says, 
the land is going to enjoy its Sabbaths. For all of the times you didn't allow the land to have its Sabbaths, you're going to be deported from the land. The land's going to have its rest for 70 years according to the number of Sabbaths you've neglected, and then you'll come back. Now, I want to talk today about a common fault with Catholics making apocalyptic predictions. And the reason I want to bring this up today is because Jeremiah is very, very instructive. Jeremiah 28 and 29 for understanding this. And and what's uh, the major fault with Catholic apocalyptic predictions? It's generally they make a apocalyptic statement, uh, say something of apocalyptic nature, quote a biblical verse from a prophetic section of scripture, and then couple that statement with unfounded promises of rosy and sweet outcomes. And this is why I call this habit, and it's a familiar habit. It happens repeatedly. This habit I'm calling the cotton candy prophets because they're making unfounded promises on top of prophetic sections of Scripture. Now, let me just give to you, this is very simple, very straightforward. The Bible and the Catechism tell of the end times, that once the church enters the end times, and I don't make predictions, I don't set timetables, but I can say this, once the church enters the end times, here we go. There's apostasy, a widespread falling away from the faith, and it's particularly evidenced in lack of morality. And after apostasy, growing out of that apostasy is the Antichrist. And the Antichrist comes to power smiling, but then he persecutes the faithful. And finally, there's martyrdom. This is a tough sell in today's world where everybody wants cotton candy prophecies. No, apostasy, Antichrist, persecution, martyrdom. Straightforward. Now, here are the common Catholic apocalyptic predictions. And this one, this first one, is from one of the hardest core traditionalists I know. And he said something like this, it's always darkest before dawn, but a new day is surely coming. Now, a new day may be coming. I didn't say surely coming, may be coming. Renewals can't happen. And I can't say with any definite sense, we are in the end times. But to say it's surely coming on top of we're in a dark day. Well, the dark day we are in could lead to the great apostasy, could be the great apostasy. It may not, but you can't give a prophetic assurance that surely a new day is about to dawn. Or another book I was given, big book, well-written book, well-researched book, but basically at the end of the book, the restoration of the Latin mass and the phoenix, the coming to life after death, that the phoenix will arise. Really? Um, it may arise, but it, you can't say it will arise because if it is the end times, then it's apostasy, antichrist, persecution, martyrdom. Those are tough words, but 
that's what the catechism and the Bible teach. And there are all kinds of Catholic millennial type of uh, hopes before the second coming of Christ of, you know, paradise, restoration, special reigns of righteousness and everything else. And yet you have explicit denials of this by St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI. So let's go and look at Jeremiah again, because this is what Daniel was meditating on. He wasn't reading cotton candy prophets. He was reading Jeremiah, very sobering prophet. And Jeremiah said, again, Jeremiah 29.10, For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill my promise and bring you back to this place. Now, the very next verse in Jeremiah is perhaps the one of the leading cotton candy verses of the Old Testament if it is wrenched out of context. Jeremiah 29:11 says, "For I know the plans I have for you," says the Lord, "plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope." Now, if you go to Google Images and type in Google Images uh, Jeremiah 29:11 posters, you'd be shocked at all the posters that have Jeremiah 29:11 but I can guarantee you they don't have the context for Jeremiah 2911. Because Jeremiah 2911, taken by itself, is a cotton candy prophecy. Yes, restoration comes, but before restoration, the sin had led to a severe judgment. And after 70 years of judgment, there would be a restoration of judgment. That's Jeremiah 2911. So Jeremiah 29, 11 does have good news. There will be restoration for the Jews held captive in Babylon, but it's only after they are severely punished for 70 years. Now, you have to get the context for this because in Jeremiah 28, there was a false prophet saying, ah, oh, you know, that Babylonian captivity, it's gonna last mm, two years. Two years? Really? Jeremiah said 70 years. And that prophet, if you read the end of Jeremiah 28, he died. So you come to Jeremiah 29 and you read this. Because you have said, this is Jeremiah 29, 15, the Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon. You see, false prophets, rosy prophets, candy cane prophets, were in the Old Testament. They were in captivity in Babylon, and they were telling the people that the restoration would be soon. Uh, everything's going to be rosy, and Jeremiah says, no, it's not going to be rosy. This is going to be a hard time. And there were two prophets, Jeremiah 29, 21. Again, this is the same chapter that Daniel was meditating on, Ahab and Zedekiah, who were prophesying uh, lies, basically. So God says, I'm going to deliver them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, and basically Nebuchadnezzar burned them alive, okay? Those were the rosy prophets that were saying, everything would be fine. Just give it a couple of years. The new dawn is coming. Well, what was happening in Israel was prefiguring 
the end in a certain sense because, you know, it's not going to be Nebuchadnezzar, but it will be the head of a world empire, the Antichrist, in the end times. I'm not saying we're in the end times, but when the end times comes, it's not going to be two years and then a glorious restoration, uh, or we have a return of the church the way we like to see it, or we have some great reign of righteousness that we don't have now. No. It'll be a world emperor who persecutes the faithful unto death, martyrdom. And don't listen to those who cite apocalyptic text outside of the context of the Bible and the catechism. It's simple. Apostasy, antichrist, persecution, martyrdom. Oh, but we like it happy. I'm sorry. I like it truthful. And that's what Daniel did. Daniel ignored the voices of the false prophets going right around him in Babylon, and some of the poor people were left back in Israel, and they had false prophets back there. That was going on in Jeremiah 28, but Jeremiah 28 and 29 was talking about serious stuff, and it wasn't going to be an easy place to get to that restoration. And in the end times, when the end times comes, The restoration, hear this very carefully, is not this or that or this or that. It's the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the final restoration in the end times. Any other promises of restoration in apocalyptic times are simply false prophecies. Daniel was meditating on the tough prophecies of Jeremiah. He avoided the cotton candy prophecies of the false prophets. And for those living in the end times, restoration occurs with the second coming. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 163 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.